You're listening to a DM podcast. Well, welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Radio Show, broadcasting live across the Diamantina, but also right around the country on the podcast service. Uh, you're joined by myself, Clancy Overall, and Wendell Hussey in the booth today. Yes, great to be here, Clancy, yeah. It's exciting. This is an exciting guest, especially, you know, uh, kick the year off, I guess. Uh, this is our first one back. Oh, no, no, Second no, one no. back. Second, Second one back. One we, back. Had the, yeah, we had the hottest 100 it. countdown uh, expert in last week. Weekly interviews are back, and today's guest is uh, a, a success story from Western Queensland. And there's plenty of them. I'm not going to say it's a rare thing. This one is a, a pretty special uh, yarn that we're going to have today. When you, when you think of Western Queensland success stories, it's easy to kind of turn your mind to Kurt Catewell, Artie Beetson, Darren Lockyer. But, you know, we also, the guy who played Alf um, in Home and Away, Western yep. Queensland man. Who's that actor from Winton um, who is in all the stuff now? I mean, we, we, we could just keep going. Um, Jason Clark, uh, incredible Australian actor. We've got plenty going on out this part of the world. We've got the Batuta Advocate. We've got Qantas, formerly known as uh, an Australian-owned uh, airline. And, and, you know, we've got a whole range of different political movements that have changed Australian life for the better, be that the, uh, you know, the old country party or the national party or the Labor Party. It's all come out of Western Queensland. The engine room of this country, and today's guest joins that illustrious alumni. Thank you for joining us, Ed Ross. Pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Now, mate, whether uh, our listeners know it or not, they've seen your influence on this country in some capacity, I dare say. Well, you came into our view with your trademark uh, workwear, which which is a, a visionary idea you've got. Uh, but I kind of want to talk about, you know, you've, you're doing a lot of things in the space of, uh, you know, uh, mental health, which, which we'll, we'll get into. But I want to kind of talk about, you know, you as a mental health advocate. How do you get into that? And, and, and where did it all start for you? Tell us your yarn. Yeah, well, it's a funny one, Clancy. I mean, um, myself and, and Dan, my co-founder and best mate um, who launched Trademark. It's funny, we don't even call ourselves mental health advocates. We just call ourselves a couple of dickheads having a go, to be honest. Um, we, we're just trying to change the culture around help-seeking behaviour and allow people to start conversations about mental health more regularly. Um, sadly, Dan uh, lost a close mate to suicide at the end of 2015. I was working in the Territory for a few years out of school, sort of got jack of it, sleeping in swags every night and being out in dusty stock camps. And um, I'd actually lost a, a mate in a helicopter accident around Easter time and sort of made me reevaluate things and what I was doing with my life. And I wanted to be closer to mates. So I came down for the echo of, of all things and of um, had a rip, a, a rip tear of a time there. Yep. Got um, on the mechanical ball at the Jubilee Hotel, no doubt. Mate, absolutely. When it was going well too, the Jube, she's had a Renault. It's, uh, it's not like the glory years, sadly. A bit, ster- um, a bit sterile nowadays. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit 2024. Yep. Um, but mates came came down, had a, had a really good time with some mates and, and just realised that being closer to mates was something that I valued and wanted to, to be getting around. Um, so, yeah, put my two weeks notice in when I got back um, out west and basically came down and 
was just doing labouring jobs. Just yeah. couldn't get a start in anything really. Just doing labouring jobs, going to Fridays every weekend and tearing through cash. Um, and got to the point where um, just by chance, um, a mate of mine uh, was at a, at a 21st and really weird situation where a mate of his had got a pocket doll from his ex-boss. And he rang him back and uh, he said, uh, got a missed call. He said, mate, just pocket doll, sorry, um, but are you still looking for an apprenticeship? And he said, oh, no, I'm not at the moment, um, but I'll let you know if, if anyone is. And then somehow my mate Harry was at this party in Toowoomba, came back and said, Rossi, there's an opportunity for an apprenticeship in Brisbane. I said, mate, I'm not doing an apprenticeship. You know, I'll wait and get a bank job or get into agri-sales or do something. Yep. And, um, yeah, lo and behold, started working with the same builder on the same day as, as Dan. Um, he was a bloke from Western Sydney. He was already a licensed tradie and... We we're the two new guys in the block, so we got lumped with all the shit jobs, yep. and we're just working out a job, job yeah, in Kenmore, job in Kenmore, <laughs> blackjacking retaining walls and putting Ooh, insulation yeah. ceilings in, hanging doors. Oh, mate, it was yeah, it was horrific. <laughs> and I was sort of through the first month, I'm going, mate, fuck this, I'm quitting, yeah. moving back to the territory. Yeah. Um, and Dan was like, no, nah, no, nah, they're testing us, mate. They're testing us, like we'll stick with it. And yeah, we just forged a really close relationship and good mateship, and just talking, uh, you know, crap and watching. Um, quoting Jim Carrey movies and Quentin Tarantino as you do to get through the day. Yep. yep. Got your wheelbarrow licenses together as well. <laughs> yeah, mate. And as soon as you drop one full of mud, you owe a carton, so you get pretty good at hanging on to them. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> especially on apprenticeship wages. Yes. And um, anyway, we just started uh, doing a lot of cashies and stuff with Dan's on weekends, um, starting to pile a bit of cash together. And we had some ideas. We're like, what are we going to do? You know, if we won the lotto or we'll want to start a business and one of the ideas was workwear. Like, no one's really doing anything with, with workwear. It seems a bit boring and plain, and that was just an idea. And then, as I said earlier, yeah, Dan lost a, a mate just completely out of the blue to, to suicide at the end of 2015, and that was just our first experience directly and indirectly with, with an event like that. Mm. So um, you say that, you, you, you know, your mate's kind of – he's away from home and he gets this news, so he's dealing with that kind of in a, in a foreign place to, to a degree. You know, you come from Western Sydney, you're working in – in Queensland as a tradie and in the heat and you and you, and you get, you know, awful news like that. And then you indirectly become his support network. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of has informed the work you've gone to gone on to do together. Yeah, exactly. It was just sort of really weird for us because we've, yeah, both fortunate enough to have been privately educated and this whole mental health space is something we knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, what is all this stuff and, and why are so many young people, especially blokes, killing themselves? We just couldn't really work it out. And we already had the idea for the work shirts and Trademark was born. Where did that idea for the work shirts come from? Is it just to get people talking, to kind of um, get people to loosen up a little bit? How did that come about? Yeah, well, we like we were just wanting to wear something a bit different to work anyway, something a bit funky, you know, on a Friday, yep. um, a bit more casual. Um, and then we learned about what social enterprise was and profit for purpose. And we were like, well, fuck, we could possibly like wrap these two ideas together and yep. make some real change, start a business and try and make some impact in the mental health space. And we just ended up getting on the news and the whole thing blew up. And yeah, six years down the track, <laughs> here we are. And it's, they're just conversation starting work shirts, basically, as simple as that. So uh, for those not listening, they've got these wild patterns. There's a bit of camo, but it's all very vibrant. There's, you know, all kinds of patterns, but it's all PPE, um, I guess, uh, official, right? It's, it, you know. Yeah, yeah, got high-vis ones as well for mining and, um, yeah. yeah, commercial sites, which is great. So you've, you've, 
essentially created unofficial kind of mental health liaisons on work sites and mining sites and uh, you know and uh, you know blue collar uh, workplaces right around the country exactly yeah and completely like what we intended was you know to sell a couple of shirts and start some conversations and you know the worst thing was going to happen to us that we were going to get lumped with 30 grand's worth of work shirts and mm-hmm. wear them for the rest of our lives yeah. through, from extra small to 3xl yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but it just exploded and we've just been just overwhelmed to be honest with the support that we've had um and the way it's just infiltrated workplaces and cultures are being changed within workplaces sort of you know overnight just people having conversations that they've never otherwise felt like having but because they're wearing a cotton drill work shirt with a bit of funky color on there and it's got some meaning behind it people are opening up and being vulnerable and starting some really important conversations sounds like you've you've basically got a bunch of ambassadors now all over the nation just in the form of as you said tradies and truck drivers and nurses now as well there's nurses kit who are just wearing this um this clothing and starting these conversations was there any kind of negative blowback at the start i know particularly you know there can be places where sometimes so you don't want to stereotype but some of the older blokes can be a little bit more um uptight and not as open to new ideas and talking about those sorts of things did you see much of that or was it pretty quick for you know people to adopt it it's it's interesting because that was a mindset that dan and i had too We're like wow how, how are we gonna actually get people to jump on board with this because it was you know six seven years ago it was quite a taboo topic um the interesting thing was that the older men and women were jumping on board because they either lost someone or knew someone that lost someone and really wanted to make a difference, um, you know, around people having these conversations and knew the importance of it. Um, and so they were basically our main ambassadors. And the interesting thing as well, like we've had interactions with people before that, you know, have been a bit, oh, what's the guy with that shirt, mate? Look, shit house, blah, blah, blah. And then you tell them what it's about. A conversation started about mental health and all of a sudden that guard comes down and they just open straight up to you. It's an incredibly powerful thing that we had you know, no no foresight that it would, would would do that. You know, we just thought it'd be a bit of fun. Yeah, I mean the the, the you know the, the the discourse, the discussion around tradies or you know people and you know in the bush in in certain communities, particularly men, uh, bottling things up and and being rather stoic has existed you know for as long as you can remember in Australia. Um, why do you think it is? I mean, you both said you were lucky enough to go to boarding schools and whatever, um, and even there, you know, in, in, in these educations that, uh, you, you know, your parents were investing in, you didn't hear anything about it. Why, why wasn't there conversations? And this is what, you know, we're trying to, to understand now is that why it's not being, you know, ingrained in us in, in early education and um, just, just general um, overall community well-being. I don't know why people aren't haven't been talking about it more regularly. I think we know now that it's a, a massive issue in this country is people taking their lives. Mm. Um, and we're just trying to change that culture and allow people to just simply start talking about things that uh, are going on with them and seeking seeking help. And we've just got to be able to seek that help, tell mates about it and allow other people to know it's easy to do and it's really rewarding once you've done that. And a big uh, big part of this is you started Trademart and then the, the branding on that is this is a conversation starter, which from that flowed TX, the mental health organisation, because that's the, the next step, right, is you start the conversation, you start talking about it, but there is only so much um, your mate can do sometimes. So you have to take it to someone who can help you out. And that's what TX does, right? That's the next step with free counselling and mental health support. Yeah, exactly. So sort of after we'd launched Trademark, we are getting a lot of feedback from our community saying, hey, like I'm having a conversation with someone, where do I go? I need more help. And and Dan and I, again, looked at it and we were like, 
well, there's crisis support services out there, which is great, and they're, they're really needed. But people weren't in crisis. They just needed someone to talk to and sort of like a coach or someone to support them along their journey. And for Dan and I, even going through the stresses of starting a small business, um, we, you know, needed support ourselves. So we went on that journey to figure out how we would do that. And it's going, seeing a GP, booking in, attending, paying for that, getting on a mental health plan, then finding a counsellor or a psychologist, booking in and, and, and seeing those those people. And it was just like an arduous task. Like, why is it so hard to speak to like a mental health professional? Mm. So we just said, Fuck, why don't we just get a phone number, yeah. hire someone, pay them, and then just get people to call? which is a pretty loose idea in hindsight because I remember when we rang up to get the insurance, they asked what our uh, accreditations and uh, qualifications were. When we said Cert 3 in carpentry and joinery, they um, yeah, <laughs> dropped the phone. But, I mean, I think that us being so naive sort of helped us, you know, sort of break through. So, yeah, the TAC service was just to remove those physical and financial barriers that have previously existed for people to access a counsellor. And, and the thing that TAC does differently is you speak to the same counsellor through your journey. So, Sadly, Dan and I can't use TX because, uh, yeah, they if we're ringing them up with our problems, they know we're in strife. Yeah. So we've got our, we've, we've got our own psychologists, and yeah. like I, I saw my psych end of last year, um, and like I've been saying to people, I'm like he, he was bringing stuff up that we'd been talking about eighteen months previously, and that's a really cool thing about TX is that you speak to that same counselor, so you're not repeating a, your story over and over again. Yeah. Like we're really taking people from point A of I need help to, to point B, I'm, I'm feeling better and have the tools and the kit to, to look after myself. I mean, there's always, you know, there's always the attitude of like, you know, uh, it, it, some sort of oil change or, you know, checking the oil, um, which is obviously an easier way to communicate these kind of uh, visits to certain professionals, to particularly for blokes. Um, what have you found, though, you know, you're talking about solutions, which you're obviously since since the, the very first shirt you printed to now with your phone line, that's what you've been focused on. But are there, you know, curative things that you start or preventative things that you start seeing as well? Like, you know, what has changed? Are, are things worse? Are there factors now? I mean, we, 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 you know, we often think about screen time and all these new different kind of lifestyle changes that have only really one generation has seen. Um, is that something you're across and is that something you spend much time on or is it more about just getting the help? Yeah, I think, well, it's it, it comes down to people's individual journeys, to be honest. Like for Dan and I, like looking back now, like our mental health and well-being, it's just been an absolute roller coaster ride through this journey as well. Like people think that you work in the mental health space, you must have really great mental health. I can guarantee you that uh, is not true. Yeah. You are you're very much um, susceptible to the to the triggers and, and things of small business, like I said before, and uh, managing staff and being in relationships. Um, so. What we've realised individually is that it's understanding what works for you. You know, some things work better um, for, for certain people and some things um, don't. So for me, my whole thing has just been about routine, um, getting in as much physical exercise. I go to the gym every morning, doing the whole wanker ice bath thing every morning as every other day. Yeah, great <laughs> for recovery, true. mate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and just simple things, yeah, like I haven't had social media on my phone for probably about five years, uh, just LinkedIn. And, and also just spending time with friends and families is what works for me. And, and yeah, seeing my psychologist probably every quarter. You know, as you said, six or so years ago, um, mental health, mental illness, the, these topics were a taboo and they had been for centuries before that. You know, Australians were kind of better known for drinking and fighting and dealing with things in probably, you know, unsustainable and uh, antisocial ways. But, you know... 
since since the like you know since blokes like you have come through, there's been a big push, but. You know, there is that element, and uh, Wendell touched on it earlier, about, you know, there's only so far you can go with awareness. And where, how do you advise mates, you know, when, when it, you know, you, someone say, you know, you've got to speak out, speak to a mate, speak to an ambassador, speak to an unofficial ambassador. When was it that you decided that you had to, you had to add another layer to this? Was the feedback a, a, kind of along the lines of, you know, people telling you, mate, this is great. I've got people talking to me. I've got, I'm, I'm happy to be that person, but... You know, I don't know what to tell this bloke about this, and and yeah. then and then furthermore, how do you find someone that is appropriate to sit on the other end of the phone? For us, it was um, just realizing that there was a really big gap between, like you were saying, awareness and that crisis support. We yeah. just wanted to be able to fill that void for people, and even if we can't, you know, as an organisation um, support you, at least we can help get you in the right direction and point you in the right direction. So we're just recommending everyone, obviously, to give TX a call. Um, or text um, as as that first port of call. Um, and even one really important thing that we're, we're pushing through is you don't need to be needing support yourself. You may be wanting to support someone else. You call TAC, speak to professionals, and then you can go and talk to that person about it. I think that's a really important thing. Most people, and I think we've all been guilty of it, we know a mate or a family member or a loved one, we're like, you should really go and see someone. And what we're saying is you reach out first on behalf of and then go and have a chat to them about how that process has been. So hopefully... They can take that uh, that lead from you, um, and then the second question, Clancy. Sorry, I forgot the second question. Well, yeah. How, how do you find that right person to sit behind a phone? Uh, yeah. To, to deal with, yeah. you know, blokes who've probably never ever spoken about this ever before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's a, a, an interesting one. So for us, it's um, all our counsellors are masters qualified, yep. Um, yep. and we've got a quite a different model of care compared to private practice, where we work quite collaboratively. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got a model of care that has been built with our counselling team. So rather than working in silos or individually, it's very much, hey, this is a client I've been working with. This is what we're working on. What what do you guys think? And, and there's collaboration and stuff there. So for us, it's all about, yeah, finding people that, that fit our culture um, and that also can drop a C-bomb, drop yep. an F-bomb on the yep. phone. Yep. And uh, most people, when you're sitting in an interview and you're saying, hey, look, we, we talk to blue-collar Australians, um, for us to be able to cut through and we need to speak their language. And so if they <laughs> drop, drop a C or an F-bomb, yep. Feel free to throw it straight back, yeah. um, and the the, the counselling team um, find it quite amusing and, and quite impactful once they're doing that because they can hear the, the change of guard and the change of voice, mm-hmm. you know, from that truckie that's you know on his way out to Birdsville somewhere and he's dropped an f bomb with his counsellors just dropped the c bomb on the phone. He yeah. goes, "Wow, this person's really speaking my language." So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Really, really what we're trying to maintain. There's no room for pearl clutching on uh, TX, is there? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Trying to be as relatable as we can. Yeah. Oh, mate, well, you know, this is, it's an amazing thing you've done here. What's the number? So it's 0488 and we're Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., um, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And, and like I said, you don't need to even be in the in the blue-collar rural um, space. Um, anyone can reach out to TX and, and understand how the service works and, and, and get some support. And that's now for nurses as well, and you're focusing a lot on the bush as well? Yeah, so we've got a really big campaign um, that we're launching in the in the next few weeks um, called the Don't Keep It Under Your Hat campaign. So the whole idea is to, to raise some, some awareness around the service we're providing and how people can, can gain access to TX. I think a big thing for us is, is not to plaster mental health or well-being or counselling. It's just, you know, guys... Ladies, what, what what are you keeping under your hat? Let's mm. let's have a yarn. Let's um let's lift the hood a bit and um and speak some truths and 
not bottle it up. I think we've been doing that for too long. Um, and, and for rural communities, um, we're here for them. And 15% of our calls are from rural and, and regional Australia. And uh, it's something that we're really, really driven to, to increase uh, the awareness of and get more people reaching out. Yeah, fantastic. As, as Clancy was saying there, you know, there can be six steps sometimes to actually getting to talk to someone. It's a lot harder in the bush sometimes as yeah, well to be able to get in for those appointments. I want to talk about the bush. What are other, some of the other barriers out there or, or, or indeed accelerators of, 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 the, of the trouble that people are facing? Yeah, well, one obviously is, is isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of single um, people living out on, on, on you know, country Australia and that isolation, you know, I've had people call up um, and the their person they've been speaking to for the last month is their dog, you know what I mean, or, or the postie that'll, that'll come through, you know, on their weekly town run. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it can be really tough. So, so what we're trying to, to do is just make it really easy for people to reach out whenever. So most people have Wi-Fi and stuff now at home, so they can just text through, you know, um, to, to TX, which is really important. Um, and I think the other thing as well is not the lack of resources. I, I wouldn't say that. I think it's just that um, it can be a little bit daunting, you know, in those small towns um, to go in. There may only be one social worker or one counsellor in town and, you know, people see you parked out the front and people may feel that a bit intimidating. So yeah. what we're saying is reach out to us first, dip your toe in the water, know how good it is, and then if you want to reach out to people locally, um, feel free to do so. I mean, I can only imagine the testimonials you're getting online and, you know, by letter, but are people bailing you up in the street about this? Yeah, mate, it's um, yeah, it's sort of overwhelming, to be honest, where, um, like we said, like Dan and I are just two dickheads having a go, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we just got had this idea and, and now it's 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 far bigger than, than us and our team. It's, it's, it's the community in which we deliver to and, and are supporting. Yeah, you, you almost come, become numb to it to a degree and mm-hmm. you kind of need to be because it just, for, for our own mental health and wellbeing, like it can just become overwhelming mm-hmm. and you hear those stories of, uh, you know, people that have lost a loved one and lost a loved one recently that are in, you know, a tradie, you know, a young tradie or something like that. And for us, it's like, fuck, how did we not get through to that person? But it's, you know, we've just got to keep working hard and, and fighting to change that culture and, and get more people involved with what we're doing. Do you get? Do you ever get hit up by, I, I guess you'd say, uh, employers? Do, do you end up, um, you know, helping people with their systems as well? Well, the big thing for us is is just trying to um, bring, I suppose, um, teams together. Yep. Um, one story that sort of stands out, Jason, our, our co-CEO at TX, he um, was, was talking to a board, I think it was last year. I was just telling everyone about, you know, his story and, and what we're doing here at TX and, and whatnot. And then um, after he'd sort of shared his story, a couple of people in the board were sharing their story and, and whatnot, sort of went on for an hour or so, an hour or so and then... Jason walked outside and one of the blokes sort of hit him up and said, Jace, I've known those blokes in there for five, six years. I've never heard that. Yeah. I've never heard they went through that or, or, or that they've suffered through that or, or they'd lost that person. Um, and I think that the businesses that have been jumping on board and either rolling out trademark shirts or, or supporting TX as alliance partner uh, are allowing those people to, to share those stories mm-hmm. um, and build closer connections um, internally with team members, which, like you were sort of saying, when you're isolated on FIFO sites or out in stock camps, it's really important for us to, yeah, have that compassion and empathy and, and, and know people's story, I suppose. A lot of the stuff that you've spoken about and those kind of stories, it sounds like for so many people, it is almost just like a, a dropping of the guard and an opening up and kind of feeling comfortable to talk about that sort of stuff. 
I noticed that you spoke about it in an interesting way as well. You basically ran through what sounded like a mental health plan. You're very open and upfront about it. And it sounds like you have a great lens that you look through in terms of mental health. How much has that changed? And was there a moment for you where you just kind of, it crystallized in your head what it was all about? Yeah, I suppose it's just been a, a bit of an, an evolution and a, and a journey. Um, I suppose for me personally, it's when you're, you're going through, you know, whether or not it's, you know, financial stress with the business or, or staffing issues or marital issues or whatever it is, it's, I, I can't work this out myself. And mm. my mates, whoever I'm talking to, what they're telling me isn't really, not that it's not helping me, but it's not helping solve anything either. So um, maybe I do need to speak to someone professionally. And then what we've realised is once we've gone and done that, and had a really good experience because I've been to, to different councils and stuff through through the last couple of years and they didn't gel. But I finally found a psych that really challenged me. I think that was someone that I was like, fuck, this bloke's, you know, jamming me here a bit. Yeah. I was like, this is good. So that's been that's been great. And then it's being able to know how good that is for me and then going and telling my mates about it. So like me and my wife going and getting marriage counselling, you know, told a mate at a wedding out in Gundy last year. And he's like, oh. He's like, how was that? I was like, mate, it's the best thing we've ever done. It's fantastic. He's like, oh, shit, yeah, righto. And then two days later, he's calling me up. He's like, oh, what's the name of that psychologist you're seeing in And so we've just realised that it's not about preaching and trying to, you know, change the world. It's just do it yourself and tell people how it's been, how it's been good for mm. you. Um, yeah. and, then people, and people follow you along. And like I said, I'm definitely not a mental health, um, you know, advocate met, met you know mental health professional anything like that i'm just yeah i just a bloke that's on my own journey um that's building a business with you know my best mate and yeah changing changing the culture and just wanting people to reach out get help and and then tell their mates about it i think that's the way we're going to change the culture in this country because um yeah we're all going through something there's no doubt so ed you spent a lot of time you know for someone who was bouncing between working with cattle and sheep and and working with tools and working in roofs and then landing yourself in this kind of sector, I guess. It's a sector. Um, uh, well, it's a space anyway. Let's put it that way. Um, you spent a lot of time thinking about something you weren't really taught about. Um, and do, do you feel like – I'm asking about you. Do you feel like you've, you've kind of opened some sort of Pandora's box in your fucking early 20s here that you just can't – just like <laughs> – <laughs> you know, it's something you never really, you know, thought about, and then now you're just in and you're inside it, and you're finding more and more out about, you know, um, this very relevant aspect of health. Yeah, I, I think so. I think now we're just, um, yeah, figuring out just the amount of personal development um, that you can make along the way. Because I think for me personally, like probably until I was twenty five, six. You know, you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. Your shit doesn't stink. Mm-hmm. If anyone gives you advice, you, you think they're mad um, and, and you think you've pretty much got everything figured out. Mm-hmm. It's until that moment you think, fuck, actually, I know nothing, yep. but I'm really keen to learn as much as I can and improve. And I think that that as a mindset shift has been a big, really big thing for me um, because I really had that hard exterior up thinking that I wasn't not successful, but I wasn't, um, you know, not good, but... I wasn't doing well yep. unless I looked like I knew what I was doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of putting up that bullshit facade. But being able to drop that down is be like, actually, I know nothing, but I'm willing to learn and have a crack. Yeah, I find myself in this space now where I'm like, well, you can't um, pretend to be something you're not. Being genuine and transparent is, is one of our first values here at Trademark Antiac. So it's like you got to, yeah, lead from the front and, and show people how to do it and being able to come to the office and have a whole org meeting and, 
yeah, be in tears talking about something that's going on in your personal life um, makes a big difference for your staff to then say, fuck, you know, if um, the boss or, or whatever can go through it and that, this is how they're handling it, well, I can, I can do the same. So we're just trying to replicate that through, um, yeah, through the rest of the country. There's something about young blokes, isn't there, when, you know, you start making a bit of money and that, that um, obviously cements what you were just saying, that belief that you know everything and you're bulletproof. Um, and, then, and then occasionally in a young person's life, there'll be like a lever that changes, um, you know, there'll be a lever that you pull and you feel like a new man. Um, is, that, is that something you kind of, t- you know, talk about with young people as well? You know, that, that idea that, you know, uh, doing pingers every single weekend and drinking energy drinks every single meal and uh, <laughs> not doing any exercise and, you know, living the life you always dreamed of living actually isn't that sustainable? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think everyone goes through it. It's just at a certain certain age. You know, it's it's crazy what, what life brings up and, 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 you know, what people go through. Um, it's just a matter of um, when people are, are ready to, to switch over and, yeah, really embrace it, I suppose, and it's, it's different for everyone. And I, yeah, if there's someone out there that's um, thinking about that maybe time, then it's time to reach out to a mate or, or yeah, give Tax a call and, and start that now. Well, you know, I said before, you're doing great stuff here, Ed. Uh, give us that number again and we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, for sure. So TX is 0488 Um Just give them a, a text or a call. If you just text them through and say, g'day, just heard Ed on the Batuta podcast, they'll uh, get straight back to you and, and start uh, start having a yarn. Terrific. And there's plenty of support, obviously, on the website as well and you can get all your gear at Trady Mutt. Um, just wanted to ask you quickly as well, Ed, before we go, uh, ice bath, what are you up to time-wise? Oh, <laughs> well, mate, it's funny. I started off, uh, nearly had it for a year at home, built it out of the chest freezer off Gumtree. Yeah. Um, I was doing three minutes every morning, but I was just getting to a stage later in the year where I just kept getting a couple of chest infections. So I was like, cut it back to two. <laughs> <laughs> cut it back to two. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a two-minute man every day now. So, um yeah, it's, it's, it is like, I mean, it is it is a wanker thing. I mean, everyone's doing it now, but it is bloody, it does get you going. It lights you up, that's for sure. Mate, well, it's an, it's an ancient hit. science. It's yeah. an ancient science. I oh, know everyone's privy to it as well, you know. Um, and, and, you know, this is another element as well wellness and, and you know, fitness and well being. And these are all the things that, uh, these are these levers that people pull uh, in their lives. And, and it's good to get on top of this stuff. So, uh, thanks, mate. Thank you for speaking to us. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, all power to you. Yeah, really appreciate the opportunity, lads. It uh, means a hell of a lot. Thanks, Ed.